step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. start off with a song everybody stand up let's sing to the lord together okay Upon the Lord, the strength will rise as we wait upon the 
everlasting God, the everlasting God. You do not fail. seminary I, I learned something from the Lutherans they talked about crossing over the gospel from you know the church out into the world and from Sunday morning into Monday morning type of thing so this is why we what we do crossover songs we call it let me change the setting here real quick Oh, what's love? 
says to praise the Lord with the lyre, the lyre, <laughs> the lyre, and the harp, with the hackbutt and psaltery. So everybody get out your hackbutt this morning, because we need to be playing that. And I thought, hackbutt and psaltery, and I'm so blessed to have an MOX-6 to play to the Lord. <laughs> yeah, Yamaha MOX-6, praise the Lord with your hackbutt and psaltery and your MOX-6, Amen. And his liar. I'm the liar. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I like about church here, because everybody just has a good time. You doing okay? Thank the Lord. We have much to be thankful for. Yes, we do. Yes, we do.
pray together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day.
Sean, come and tell us what's going on. Okay. Thank you, Steve. What's that? First of all, I'd like to thank everyone who brought the boxes for Operation Christmas Child. This is our final Sunday. This is the coming week. I need to deliver it to the, the churches that collect all the boxes to be shipped on. So again, thank you. Last year, I looked it up, we had 23 boxes. So, drum roll, please. Isaiah. This year's total is? 37. Boom! <laughs> Wonderful, thank you. And thank you to Isaiah and the rest of the family there that stacked our boxes. Can you tell what they tried to make? Uh, Christmas tree, you are right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you, Isaiah. So, at the end of church, after the last song, we're going to come up, pray over the boxes, and then there should be pictures on all the tables of our church family. Then just going to grab them and take them out, open them up, slip, slip a picture in inside the box. And I have some baskets and boxes over there to set them in, so then we'll, we'll put them in there and then load them into my van. And I'll take them this week. And if you break a rubber band or something as you're opening them, there's extra ones on the table. So thank you again, everyone, for contributing to Operation Christmas Child. Thank you, Joan. And we have Mr. Russ Carter today to come and read the scriptures. Now, we want to do a couple things while he's on his way up here. And that is we want to remember our veterans this week, Veterans Day. So all of you who have served in the military, if you would just please stand and we'd like to give you a, a lift a hand, one of the two. Anybody at all? Yes. Thank you. Thank you to our veterans. God bless you. Praise the Lord. America, the land of the home and the free. Amen. Morning, Russ Carter. How you doing, sir? Still doing, still driving that yellow convertible? Yes. You put the top up yet? Yeah, <laughs> had to. Okay. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, he's got a yellow Volkswagen convertible with a rocket engine inside. So. Oh boy. Don't underestimate him, okay? We have a scripture reading that Russ is going to lead us in. From Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, and this covers everything. There is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every event under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to shun embracing, a time to search and a time to give up as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A 
time for war and a time for peace. Heavenly Father, we know you as the author of all good things. And Lord, we pray that we would continue to enjoy the blessings of life that you give us, the food you provide each day, your watch care over us, your protection for our country. Lord, we pray you protect our veterans and our military. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Russ Carter. Such a blessing to have you in our lives and in our services and in our, in our church. Oh, man, we had some folks missing today, but a nice crowd turned out this morning. Good to see all the kids, and thank you all again for our, what you've done with the boxes. This is just great. I guess at the end of the service, we'll be coming up, laying our hands on the, on the boxes and saying a prayer over them. Uh, Miss Susan got a bunch of pictures to put in to the boxes for the children, and it was the picture we took out front when we had the drone, you know, and it took the picture from above. That was pretty cool. So thank you for all of you who are here today. Thank you for making the effort to get up and get here. I know it takes a little effort. What do you think of the new time? Do you like or no? No, I don't like either. It gets like at 5 o'clock in the evening now. It's dark. You know, I feel like... You know, if I'm still doing something, busy working, and I look at the clock, and I, I think, well, my gosh, it must be 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> so I feel like I need to call Susan, let her know where I am, what's going on, because I know she'll be worried. I was, oh, it's 5 o'clock. <laughs> I'm just getting off, you know, doing the things that I've been doing today. It's like I'm already late, you know. I hate this time. Why don't we just leave the time, amen? I think we ought to leave it on daylight savings time. Save the daylight. That's what we should start a campaign. Save the daylight. Save the whales. <laughs> save the whales. Save the daylight. It could become a national movement of some kind. We do thank you guys who are uh, military people who've served in the past and who are all of those currently serving. Thank God for those men and women who have given themselves their lives. And many of them have suffered horrible, uh, terrible injuries. And I think about them and the sacrifice they've made so that we can be free and uh, we can hold the uh, <coughs> the barbarians at bay, those who would destroy and kill us, those who would murder us uh, with their uh, evil uh, schemes and plans. It's, it's so unfortunate that that even has to be said. I mean, it's wouldn't it be great if we could just live in a world where every other human being was like a decent, <coughs> honorable, good person? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had a world that could live in peace, you know? It was John Lennon who wrote the song, Imagine a World with No Wars, and so forth. It was a beautiful song. But it is, unfortunately, just as he said, imagination. Because there is always that evil that lurks in the human heart. I don't know why that is. I wish I could do something about the evil that lurks in human hearts. Uh, I, I am concerned about the evil that could lurk within in any of us, but we have... Uh, become new creatures in Christ Jesus, transformed, and we no longer walk in the ways of darkness, but we walk in the light, as we're going to be singing here a little bit later, walking in the light as he is in the light, and we have fellowship with God through Jesus Christ, our Son, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So our hearts are inclined to love and care for one another and be good to people, not to harm them and hurt them and destroy them and kill them and enslave them and capture them and rule over them. 
But there are those who feel this way and are ardent about it and want nothing other than to be like that. It's very sad. So we have what I call today a reality check. Reality check. You know, sometimes we sing in the sweet by and by. Have you ever heard that song? That's an old, old song. Some of the younger ones may, may never have heard it. But it goes like this. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Uh, and it goes on, a lot, all the lyrics I still remember from growing up in church and singing that song by heart. <coughs> but the problem is we're in the nasty now and now. <coughs> That's the problem. We have the sweet by and by to look forward to, but currently we have to deal with reality. One fellow said, uh, you know, you can be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Have you ever met somebody who's just so religious and so caught up in all the, the uh, ideology and the philosophy and theology of uh, Christian thinking that they've detached themselves somewhat from the real world? You know, it's like it's unfortunate, but it happens. And, you know, you have to think, well, you know, God bless you. It'd be great if everybody could be like that. Unfortunately, we still have to have police officers we still have to have people to kind of keep law and order in the culture and in the community. A civil society is civil only insofar as the people are law-abiding. And so who's going to keep these uncivilized <laughs> from just dominating and destroying our culture and our society? It's, it's, it's unfortunate that we have to have police officers. I mean, God bless the police officers. I have a lot of friends who are police officers. I appreciate and love and respect and admire them. They don't get the credit they deserve. It is a thankless job. It's a dangerous job. But thank God for them because they hold the, the inclinations of evil at bay. And they bring law and order. You know, Jesus talked about the fact that, you know, the, that uh, you have a sword, you know, that you have to respect the the fact that there is a government and you have to follow and follow and, and, and be uh, sympathetic to your responsibility as a citizen. And all of us as Christians understand that. But I do want to get into a little bit of the contrary parts of that as we have this reality check. Because you may recall that when Jesus was saying that, they were actually living under Roman domination. Israel had been conquered by the Roman Empire and they were subjugated to the authority of, you know, Caesar, uh, and they had to be answerable to Rome. So they had to pay taxes to Rome. They were under their authority. And the Romans had a peculiar notion that their, that their uh, leader, the, uh, the Caesar, the, the emperor of Rome, was actually uh, God incarnate. And so their religion and their political philosophy was combined into one thing so that if you disagreed with them politically, it meant that you were dishonoring God because, you know, Caesar is God. You know, the emperor is God. Now, the problem the Christians had early on was they did not ascribe to this notion at all. As a matter of fact, they said, we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We serve the true God. So you can see how the 
philosophies, the ideologies were in conflict with each other very dramatically and very powerfully so. And then, of course, the early Christians, they said, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. And because of this, you see, the Roman authorities looked at that and said, well, this can't be tolerated. You know, if they are saying that this Jesus person is Lord, then we've got to get rid of this Jesus person. So that was why they were so glad and willing and happily they crucified Jesus, which was a Roman execution. They got rid of him, they thought, because he was gaining the sympathies and had gained actually the faith and the belief of the population. We've got to keep the population subjugated to us. We have to keep them down. We have to keep them intimidated and fearful of us. The emperor is Lord. Repeat after me. That's what they were saying to the people. No, please don't do that. <laughs> but that's what they were made to say. You know, and if you deny, <laughs> please. And, uh, <laughs> oh, boy, you've been watching too much Star Wars. But anyway, <laughs> the, uh, the, that's what they did. They forced the people to uh, subject and subjugate themselves. Well, you know, the Christians wouldn't do it, you know. And so what did they do to the Christians? Do you ever wonder why the Christians were persecuted in the early Roman era? It was because of this very thing. Because they were not ascribing or were not willing to ascribe that the emperor was Lord, that the emperor was God. And since that was true, then they were deemed to be, uh, what do you call that, insurrectionists? They, in other words, were seen as enemies of the state they were seen as enemies of the emperor. So if you're an enemy of the emperor, what you have to do is you have to get rid of all that political and religious opposition. So we take some of these Christians, we make an example out of them, we crucify their leader, and we put him on a cross. That should take care of it. We'll put some Roman guards by the tomb to be sure they don't steal his body and tell some tall tale about him being resurrected. And we will start slaughtering these people on a regular basis. They took the Christians into the amphitheaters in Rome, and the Colosseum is standing there even yet to this day. And in that place, they released hungry lions upon the Christians. They were torn asunder by wild beasts. They were killed by gladiators. So many horrific things were done to the early Christians. Why? Because the Christians were living in the real world, and even though Jesus said, my kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it hasn't gotten there yet for the Christians in early Rome, in early Christian days. So yes, they had faith in Christ. Their faith couldn't have been more genuine, more authentic, more heartfelt, more real, more sincere, but they were facing a government that was antithetical to Christ. The government hated and despised the Christians, did not want anything to do with the Christians, diminished them, sought in every way they possibly could to make them out as the enemy of progress, of that which is good, all that which is beautiful, you know, the worship of the emperor. Why can't you just stop this foolishness and conform to the expectations of the state like an iron-fisted government that ruled over them. 
And if you are not willing to cooperate, we're going to put you in the lion's arena. So they were burned at the stake. They were crucified. It was horrible what they did to the early Christians. And why did they do it? Well, you know the answer now. They did it because of religious reasons, but that religion was actually an extension of the political force of the emperor of Rome. Unbelievable. Most powerful nation in all the world in those days. So that was a reality check for the early Christians. What, did, what happened to those early Christians? Well, as you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of them were slaughtered, but the church went underground. They met in homes. They prayed. They witnessed in secret. And the message of the Christ, of Christ's love and the gospel of the Lord Jesus spread like wildfire. And it continued on for decades and finally centuries until finally, in the third century, the emperor of Rome decided we've lost this battle trying to squelch and quell the Christian movement. So now we're just going to make the Christian religion the religion of Rome. And that's how it all started. Yes. Charlemagne or whatever his name was. I don't remember the exact name. I have to <laughs> dig up my, do my research to be sure I get this correct. I don't think it was Charlemagne. It was somebody else. It started with a C. But anyway, Constantine, thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, check me out. Do, do a fact check on me to be sure I'm getting this right, okay? <laughs> I, I knew it started with C. It could have been Collins. could have been Crutcher. I don't know. <laughs> Collinstein. I think it was Collinstein that was the guy that did it. And he just announced that everybody in the entire Roman Empire was now a Christian. Wow, that was the biggest conversion <laughs> block that I've ever heard of, you know, so everybody was a Christian. It became, uh, you know, stylish and in vogue to be a Christian. So everyone became a Christian. The only problem was everyone wasn't really a Christian. They were only a Christian in name, but not in faith and not from the heart. So you get into a whole bunch of history. It goes into a lot of different angles, but that's not the point. The point is that sometimes you have faith and your faith is under attack. Sometimes you have faith and that faith is deemed as uh, antithetical to whatever it is that the uh, government officials are trying to promote. And in this case, it was so horrific. And uh, that same situation arose during Hitler's reign during Germany, and the people of Israel were subjected to the hatred of the Nazis and of the and of the Hitler and of their uh, whole political situation, and they died by the millions. And many uh, many of the people of of Hebrew faith actually lost faith in God in that time, because. They prayed and prayed, and it seemed to be of no avail. You know, millions of men, women, children just starved to death, burned in gas and ovens and burned millions and millions and millions. And you plead and you beg and you ask God to please stop this, please stop this, please stop this, please, God, have mercy on us. Dead, 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 murdered, 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 skeletons building up mountains of piles of bones from... All of the people of Israel, God has abandoned us. God has forsaken us. Prayer makes no difference. There is nothing to be gained. There is no God. 
And this is where people actually wound up. There's no God. This whole thing about believing in God is just nonsense. Evil triumphs over good. There's nothing that can be done. You might as well just keep your mouth shut and walk into the oven and die like all the rest of them. And God be damned if he is. You can understand how people would feel this way, right? Where is this God that cares for the people of Israel? Where is this God who loves the nation? Well, that was a terrible reality check. What I'm saying this morning is hard to hear. I know it's painful to hear it. But there is a God, and he does care for us, but he doesn't keep us from being killed if we walk in front of a freight train. He doesn't keep us from suffering at the hands of evil people. We are just as subject to those things as any other person, whether we have faith or not. Now, let's take a look at our scripture for today, and we'll get a glimpse of what this is about. It says there is a time for everything. In other words, we're going to see a balance here between good and evil, and let's take a look at this and just see if this makes sense. There's a time to give birth and a time to die. Well, we can agree with that, right? And it's true. You know, you start out in diapers with a bib, and you wind up in diapers and a bib. Amen? <laughs> That's been my experience. I hope I have. See, I got that to look forward to. I got that going for me. Uh, there's a time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. You know, I was out the other day, and I drove in, and here's Susan out in the yard, and she's just ripping and tearing stuff out of the ground. I just thought, what in the world is she doing? She just had a pile of stuff. Every single plant along that whole row of stuff, she was just digging and digging and digging. So why are you tearing out all these plants? Oh, we've got to get rid of these things. Will they ever show up again? I thought, well, these are they're very beautiful. Why are you taking them all out? She goes, no, we've got to get rid of these so that the, they can come back next spring. And there's a name for that. I think she said perennials. See, I'm being educated by my wonderful spouse there. She knows about plants and things. So, yeah, there's a time to plant, a time to uproot what is planted. If you leave those ugly plants out there in front of your house, then it's just going to be ugly. So why do you take them out? You take them out so they won't be so ugly. A time to kill and a time to heal. Uh, wow. That takes it up to a little, little bit, doesn't it? A time to kill and a time to heal. Uh, a time to tear down and a time to build up. Now, that makes me think of uh, my dear friend Rick, who uh, tears down and builds up. Uh, he, he does, uh, what do you call that? Flipping houses. <laughs> Have you seen that on TV? Where they go in with a sledgehammer and they start ripping and tearing out walls and everything? And, you know, they always come up with this. They say, well, it's going to take more. Uh, it's going to require more than we thought, you know. Why is that? They have to put up a, a post because this was a supporting wall and we didn't know it. And the whole house is about to cave in, you know. <laughs> a time to tear down and a time to build up. Man, what the outcome of those is just amazing. By the way, Amy has a house for sale if anybody's looking for a house. <laughs> Sold. Whoa, how about that? 
I know last Sunday they asked for prayer for our house to sell, so maybe I should, uh, if I ever have a house for sale, I'm going to let you know. <laughs> so a time to weep and a time to laugh. You know, uh, we've all gone through those times of sorrow, and we've lost loved ones, and the grief is so overwhelming and so agonizing to deal with. But, you know, that's part of life, isn't it? And then there are times of laughter. You know, when my mother passed away, I really had a terrible time with it. I Probably two or three years, I just felt really, I know it was stupid, but I felt like you only have one mother, you know. And I just felt angry about it. I, she was 80 years old, which to me, I guess always it always seemed like 80, but, you know, when you're 79, it doesn't seem so old, you know. And so I just felt terrible about it, and I felt so sad and just had waves of grief sweep over me. And finally one day I, I thought, you know, this just can't go on. And what helped me to get over that was mom herself had lost her mother. You know, her mother was a sweet, wonderful lady named Alice McDaniel. She married Charlie Darty. Her name was Alice Darty. My mama's maiden name, Darty. And so... I thought, well, Mama lost her mother, and she loved her so dearly. But after that, in years following, she raised us kids, and we had fun. We did silly things. You know, she'd make uh, round steak in the pressure cooker and green beans and mashed potatoes and brown gravy on Sunday, and she'd say, come on in, kids. It's time to eat. And, man, would we be happy. We'd go in there, and we'd be singing around the table. And Mama said, now, Boys and girls, you're not supposed to sing around the dinner table. We said, why, Mama? It's the only time we're really happy. <laughs> but we were so glad, and she would have a little Christmas gift for us. We'd always have a chocolate bunny at Easter, you know. And We would go to Stelly White's house next door, and they'd get to laughing and carry on. I still remember her and Stelly and... Clara and, and and some of them get together and Aunt Bertha and they I don't know what they something would get tickled and they would laugh like a bunch of clucking chickens I never heard anything like it just, <laughs> just on and on and as a little kid I'm I'm there you know I don't have any idea what they're talking about but it was just everybody was laughing and I remember laughing with them so hard that I could hardly breathe I didn't even know what it was that was funny but I just got caught up in the in the celebration and in the laughter, it was a time to laugh. Oh, my goodness, I haven't laughed like that for so long. I'd love to go back and hear Aunt Bertha and Mom and, and uh, Stelly White and, uh, and Clara and some of them, uh, Clella. Man, you get those four or five women together, it was going to be laughter, I guarantee you. It was a beautiful thing. And I finally got over this feeling of grief and, re and resentment. When I realized Mama lost her mother, but she went on and had a wonderful, beautiful life, she was a, a woman of laughter. There is a time to grieve. There's a time to laugh. And you do have to find a way to move out beyond what you have lost and celebrate what you still have and what you have gained. A time to mourn and a time to dance. I, I've come to the place to where I see, when I hear the word dance, I always think about... Uh, our, our dear friend uh, Brenda, she, you know, she does those beautiful dances with uh, music, and I think she's, I think she's going to do something like that around the Christmas season uh, with a beautiful song. So, you know, David danced in the streets, you know, in celebration, you know, in the Bible. So, 
when I was growing up, they used to tell us, no, don't you go to the dance hall, you know, because that's where the devil lives, at the dance hall. I, I went over there once, and I thought, well, I don't see the devil here. <laughs> All I see is a bunch of pretty girls <laughs> and uh, dancing the night away. So I decided, well, maybe I should uh, follow my instincts here a little bit more, not worry about running into the devil. And actually, I got to dancing one night, and I won the twist contest. Can you believe that? And lo and behold, they put my name in the paper. Now, you don't understand. I was going to the Second Methodist Church where you, good Christian people don't play cards. You know, they don't go to the pool hall. They don't even go to the bowling alley, let alone go, let alone go to the dance hall. And here I was, 16 years old, old enough to drive my own car, and I was dancing at the youth center in Robinson and got won the dance contest. Oh, my goodness, was I ever in trouble. I got scolded and reprimanded by the Christians and the religious people in my little church. I felt so bad. And then I realized, well, the Bible says people dance. Actually, David was dancing without any clothes on. At least I had some clothes on. <laughs> so I got over it, you know. I finally realized, that's just silly. No harm done. No fies mal, as they say in Brazil. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace, a time to shun. A time to search and a time to give up as lost. Reality checks. A time to keep and a time to throw away. Now they're getting personal. I've got so much that I need to keep. I've got it in boxes. I've got it stored in the uh, crawl space of the house. <laughs> I wouldn't want to get rid of it. <laughs> what in the world is wrong with me? I haven't used these things for at least 15 years, but I still have them. I think it's time to let some of those things go. A time to throw away. Do they ever have junk day around here? We should have a junk day. Not here. <laughs> downtown or wherever they gather the stuff the big dumpsters you know I need to go to the dumpster I threw away a couple of big TVs the other day so I feel better now if you live in McLean County you can do that a time to sew together a time to tear apart a time to be silent and a time to speak a time to love and a time to hate a time for war and a time for peace I want to say just real quickly as we conclude here today that this reality check includes some very difficult decisions that a person has to make. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a Christian pastor in Hitler's Germany, and he made the decision that he had to join with some other people to try to get rid of Hitler because of what Hitler was doing to millions of people, as we've already discussed here this morning. And, you know, there are times when you pray and 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 nothing happens. And you pray for a dozen eggs. Oh, my gosh, I've been praying for a dozen eggs for, well, several years now. And I never did get a dozen eggs. But every time I prayed, oh, God, send me after a dozen eggs, I got a dozen every time. And it's kind of like that, you know. Sometimes God has you put legs on your prayers. And so Dietrich Bonhoeffer decided that, yeah, something actually material and physical needs to be done to stop this monster from murdering and murdering and murdering so many innocent people. And that's where your military comes in. This is where your police officer with the weapon on his hip comes in. This is where action is taken against evil 
a time for war, a time for peace. It'd be nice if we could just do away with all armaments and all weapons, but unfortunately, it just isn't that way in this world. And so those who tried to get rid of him were uh, discovered, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer was hanged on an April morning about a month before he was liberated by the Allied armies. Hanged on a cross like Jesus, hanged on the gallows like Jesus, stripped of all of his clothes on a cold April morning in Germany. A reality check to what can happen to you if you speak up, if you act against evil. There are no guarantees, but there is a time to speak and there's a time to remain silent. And when you see the trend going away from God and toward evil, that's the time to speak. We've tried to be faithful to that. And I would encourage you all to do the same. A time to love and a time to hate. You say, wait a minute. No one should ever have any hate. And you will hear people say, you're hateful, you're hateful, you're hateful, you're hateful. Well, sometimes it's okay to hate something. For example, Proverbs chapter 6 tells us seven things that God himself hates. Seven things God hates. A proud look. Yes, God hates a proud look. Because proud look means that you don't need God, you don't need to be considerate of other people. Hands that shed innocent blood, God hates that. Can you think of anybody who sheds innocent blood? Well, who are these innocent? Could it not certainly apply to the unborn? Who could be more innocent than those little babies about to be born into the world? And the hands that shed those innocent babies' blood. God hates that. God hates it. Those who have feet that run quickly to mischief or to do evil things, God hates that. It's, uh, it's an interesting list. You should look at it sometime. And if you find yourself on the, on the side of God, you're going to be a person who hates certain things that people are doing in, in our culture and in our society, and we need to speak up against it. Well, this is an interesting morning because it is a balance between reality and faith. And faith sometimes demands that we take action in this present world, uh, what we call the nasty now and now. But to do it for the right reasons and to do it for the sake of God and for the sake of decency and for the sake of peace. Sometimes you do have to join the military and take up arms to protect a nation that says in God we trust. Sometimes you have to speak up and defend the innocent and the helpless. Those who can't protect themselves. It is a complicated thing to be living in this world. It's a complicated thing to be a good person because you have to be not only kind and good, but you also have to be strong and courageous. It is, for all of us, a balance in life. And in the end of it all, God will be our judge. 
for what we have done in our flesh, whether it be good or evil. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God for it. Amen. You know, Job was a person who went through a reality check. He had faith in God. He did everything that he was supposed to do. He was a faithful person of faith. He was, he loved God. God had blessed his life. And uh, so one day the evil Satan came along and he said, yeah, well, let's put him to the test. Let's see what he has to say when he's lost everything. Let's see what he has to say when you bring boils and suffering and misery and illness and sickness upon him. Let's see what he has to say when his family is all taken from him, his children are killed, when his cattle all get sick and die and he loses every possession that he has and all he has left is just himself sitting in a pile of ashes. Let's see what he has to say then. Well, you would know the story. The trials of Job was a reality check for him. And this is what he said, too, much to the devil's chagrin and surprise. He said, I know my Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. Away. My 
with you. I'm dancing on the mountain top to see your kingdom come. My redeemer lives. My redeemer lives. My redeemer lives. My redeemer lives. My redeemer They're on the base old Mr. Base old man. All right, we got one more to do, and then we'll get the heck out of Dodge, except we've got to do the Christmas boxes, but we'll quickly sing this one. It's called, ah, what is this one called? Walking in the Light. Yeah, remember that one? The one thing? Yeah, we've done this before. Yeah, you've done that before. So you guys can uh, kind of go ahead and start making your way up here by the boxes if you want to. Just come on up on the stage and uh, sing with us, okay? The words are up on the screen. Jace will have those going for you. So let's just sing together. Here we go. And form the uh, yeah. Let's form the uh, friends and family uh, chorus, the choir. Yes. Yeah, come on up. Come on up, everybody. Come on up. Or as they say years ago on the TV, come on down. Friends, I'm here to tell you it's the best news they've heard. 
It's a battle every day. We have to be heard about the blood of Jesus shining in the sin-darkened world. We're walking in the light. We're walking in the light. And everything is all right. touch some of the boxes or hold them in your hands or whatever you need to do. Maybe you'll pick up a few, pass them around the different ones, but just hold them and then we'll put them all back. But just I want every person to have contact with the boxes somehow, touch them or pass them out so that people can hold them. Maybe three or four people touch each box. We need some back in the back, back by Joe and those other people also. Okay, thank you. While we're doing that, I'd just like to throw out one other thought. Uh, Susan has mentioned to me a couple times the idea of having a, a live nativity out by the sign. And that would be on a cold winter night. I don't know if there are any people interested in, in something like that. A live nativity, anybody ever do that? Sounds like it would be a nice thing to do. So if you're interested in a live nativity, maybe we talk about that and start thinking about that, okay? Everybody needs to be touching a shoebox. And if you can't reach a shoebox, lift your hand. We'll get a box back to you, okay? If you haven't, if you're not able to touch one, raise your hand you don't have one to touch okay we're gonna have a prayer and I'm gonna ask if uh, Dick Evans will you lead us in a prayer for the shoe boxes please
Amen. Thank you, Dick. And thank you to all of you for bringing the gifts for the boxes for the children overseas. There's a picture to be put in each box. Okay, so we need to bring all the boxes out and put the picture in, okay? Put one pile where the pictures are in, the other pile where the pictures need to go, I guess. Chuck says he has some uh, popcorn and things here for the Boy Scouts. Chuck uh, told me that he, some of the uh, popcorn things that uh, some of you had purchased are here today. So if you would uh, make a note of that. So we're going to put a picture uh, of our church fellowship in the, each of the boxes. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.